Chapter twenty four of Pixie O'Shaughnessy by Mrs. George de Horn Vesey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Last Run. Me dear, said Bridgie to Mademoiselle the next morning, showing all her dimples at once in the most mischievous of smiles. What do you think Mr. Hilliard said to me last night before he left? he has made arrangements to stay a few days later to have another ride with the hounds he believed it would be a very good meet on thursday and how wonderfully my sister did ride to be sure it's my belief he started with the intention of asking me to let esmeralda go in my place but i looked so innocent at him that he hadn't the heart indeed i said she did so and i feared he would think i made but a poor show in comparison wasn't it cruel of me now and the poor thing looking at me speechless with those lovely humbugging eyes i had to turn away and laugh in a corner but i wouldn't relent for says i to myself if i have to give up my run i'll get some fun in another way and it is amusing isn't it now when a man shows you so plainly that he doesn't want you indeed that is a form of humour i do not understand returned mademoiselle with her nose in the air but you will give way of course that goes without saying and let esmeralda go once again you will not stand out to the end how could i suppose it was myself and someone i told you about how should i feel if i had the chance of seeing him and she would not allow me i believe they are really beginning to care for each other and he is a nice man i should like him well enough a week ago you were alarmed at the thought i confess he makes on me a pleasant impression but surely you know very little about him and it is rather rash to accept him at once as a possible suitor what do you know beyond that he is handsome and appears amiable in kind his uncle was one of the hilliards of nanabeg my father knew him well and he was a fine old-fashioned gentleman that was what made this mr geoffrey come here for the hunting he had heard his uncle speak of bally william and the trelawneys take paying guests for the hunting season so he arranged to come to them he's not very well off i'm afraid for joan tells me that he has to make his money out of glue poor creature but he must be nice if he is the old squire's nephew mademoiselle's eyes rolled upward with an eloquent glance it was a new article of faith that a nephew must needs be exemplary because his uncle had been a popular country squire but she held her peace and amused herself by watching the play which went on between the two sisters during the next twenty-four hours esmeralda was plainly anxious and ill at ease and made tentative allusions to the coming meet which bridgie received with bland obtuseness she had not the courage to make her request in so many words but instead brought forward a succession of gloomy prophecies calculated to damping expectation in the mind of any but the most enthusiastic rider it will be a heavy run to-morrow she said shaking her head dismally as she glanced out of the window on the quickly melting snow 
i wouldn't wonder if it poured with rain it's a fine draggled set the women will look before they get home i prefer the ground soft and as for sunshine it's a thing i detest dazzling your eyes and the poor mares into the bargain dull weather and a cloudy sky is what i hope to see and for once it looks as if i should get my wish well it's good weather you need to get safely over that country mr o'brien was saying only last season that it was the worst we had there are some nasty bits of water this side of ruskley and they will be swollen with all this snow now next week over at ogren it really will be pleasant and comfortable i'm so glad darling i hope you will enjoy it bridgie put her head on one side with a smile of angelic sweetness then as esmeralda flounced from the room in disgust turned back to mademoiselle laughingly penitent isn't it wicked of me now but i do enjoy it she must care very much to be so shy about asking for in an ordinary way she would have blurted it out long ago well i shall just wait until to-morrow and then i'll say i am she paused to laugh over the word <laughs> indisposed there is many a true word spoken in jest and bridgie was reminded of the proverb when the next morning arrived and her inclination for hunting or any other amusement died a sudden death through an incident which happened at the breakfast-table the major was the only one of the party who received a letter and when he had perused it he gave it an exclamation of dismay and leant back in his chair with an expression of bewilderment it can't be it isn't possible he muttered to himself and when bridgie inquired the reason of his distress he threw the letter across the table with an impatient movement that wretched bank they say i have overdrawn it's impossible there was a decent balance only a few months back they've made some mistake i am positive it is a mistake he left the room as he spoke for breakfast had come to an end at last after the usual long drawn-out proceedings and he had waited until he had finished his meal before opening the uninteresting-looking envelope and only bridgie was left sitting patiently behind the urn with mademoiselle to keep her company she also rose as if to go feeling that she might be de trop under the circumstances but bridgie raised a pale face and said flatly don't run away therese i'd rather you stayed i knew it must come some day it's only a little sooner than i expected but ma cherie don't look like that bridgie dear your father says there is a mistake he seems surprised like yourself if as he says the bank is mistaken but at this bridgie shook her head with doleful conviction the bank is never wrong oh i've been through this before and every time father declares it's a mistake but it never is i've been disappointed so often that i can't hope any more poor dear father seems to have no idea how quickly money goes and he is so extravagant with his horses he bought a new hunter this autumn and made alterations in the stables i've tried to be careful but as i said before it is so little i can do well 
this is the last stage but one there are a few more shares that can be sold to keep us going for a little longer and then out we go poor father he won't be able to carry out his programme at this rate esmeralda's duke has not come forward and neither has my millionaire when we leave the castle we shall have to squeeze into a cottage and live on potatoes and buttermilk i'm glad i'm not going to the meet i should have been wretched all the time but joan need not know until she comes back bridgie's pale cheeks seemed sufficient explanation of her determination to stay at home and esmeralda was sweetly sympathetic and concerned but quite decided that exertion must at all costs be avoided me dear you must not think of going it would be a madness i'll keep father company so don't you worry a bit but just lie down and take it easy the whole day long she cried gushingly and bridgie smiled despite her heartache and felt comforted by the reflection that two people would owe their happiness to her absence the major looked very handsome in his pink coat but his brow was clouded and he sighed profoundly as he came into the dining-room to light his cigar and saw his eldest daughter standing disconsolately by the window so you were not coming after all bride letting joan take your place well everyone to his taste i feel as if it would do me good to have a hard run and let off steam that way i'll show them some riding to-day if they have never seen it before there won't be much that will stand in my way but you prefer to stay at home and eat your heart out in quiet your mother was the same she couldn't throw it off it's a pity for your own sake you don't take after me instead then suddenly as he looked at her his face altered and he put his arms round her with a rare tenderness poor little woman poor little anxious martha this is rough on you i've brought about this ill day by my thoughtlessness if i'd been as careful as you we might have lasted out until the children were grown up but i was like micawber always expecting something to turn up you must try to forgive me bride you must not be hard on your old father ah and it was a lovely sight to see bridget o'shaughnessy's face at that moment the sweetness of it and the pity and tenderness and the deep unselfish love her father was touched by the sight and lingered by her side stroking her soft hair and murmuring fond regretful words i haven't treated you well that minx joan has twisted me round her finger and you have suffered for it you have had a hard time these last two years never mind we'll make a fresh start i'll turn over a new leaf from this day and you shall take me in hand who knows but we may pull through yet he went off waving his hand in adieu and bridgie stood watching the two riders until they disappeared from sight and repeating his loving words with fond appreciation hard time who had had a hard time she was a fortunate girl to have had so much love and kindness to possess such a dear gallant handsome father what if they had to leave the castle happiness did not depend upon the walls by which they were surrounded 
so long as they were all together they might laugh at poverty meanwhile esmeralda and her father were gently trotting along towards the park at roscalee from whence in hunting parlance they were to proceed to draw long gorse and on their way they were enjoying the picturesque surroundings of a meet in the country along every high road footpath and by-road came horses and riders of various sorts and sizes walking or jogging along towards the central point schoolboys were coming on ponies to see the start farmers on clever nags neatly dressed grooms riding or leading horses conspicuous for shape and beauty down the cross-road approached the hounds themselves headed by their whipper in and surrounding the picturesque figure of the huntsman they took up their position in the park and presently from every point of the compass the scarlet coats came trotting forward followed by a string of drags dog-carts and gigs the major and his daughter came in for greetings on every side for they were among old friends and the girl's beauty and daring had made her popular with all there were other ladies present but they looked colourless and insignificant beside the glowing young amazon and she was quite conscious of the fact and of the becoming correctness of the new habit while yet twenty yards distant her quick eye had distinguished geoffrey hilliard but she affected not to see him until he rode up to her side his face aglow with pleasure you managed it then you managed to get here my sister is not feeling very well she begged to be excused replied esmeralda demurely and hilliard laughed and muttered something about blessed saint bridget which on the whole she thought it wiser not to hear when the signal was given to move on he kept beside her as the horsemen proceeded to cross several grassy fields and contrary to his usual custom her father lagged behind as though relieved to leave her to the care of another esmeralda turned lightly in her saddle saw him riding at the farther end of the long line and looked wonderingly at her companion something's wrong with the major he was so glum all the way here and look at him now with his head hanging forward it's not like him to be downhearted at a meet perhaps he is tired he'll waken up presently when we get to business it would only worry him if we took any notice that's true perhaps the mare fidgets him it's the one he bought a short time since and she has an awkward temper but sometimes she is a paragon and does everything that she ought but at others she is fidgety and uncertain father thinks she has been badly ridden at the start but that she is good enough to take trouble with still she looks a beauty and she has not had any time to annoy him to-day i think it can hardly be that did not your brother return to town yesterday i stayed away on purpose because i feared that on his last day you would not care to be disturbed isn't it very likely that major o'shaughnessy is depressed at being without him esmeralda looked up with a brightening glance why of course i never thought of that father hates saying good-bye to jack hates him being in town at all for he is the first o'shaughnessy who has ever gone into business 
there was a great scene when jack was twenty because he insisted on doing something for himself have you no pride cries my father faith i have cries jack too much of it to spend all my life starving in a ruin you will be the first of your race to soil your hands with trade honest work says jack will soil no man's hands and please god i'll touch nothing that isn't honest you'll be falling into english ways and selling the old place as not fit for you to live in i know the ways of your purse-proud english then jack went white all over his face and he says it's never a stone of knock i'd sell if i could keep it with my own heart's blood but it's time it had a master who could spend money on it instead of seeing it fall to pieces before his eyes then it was the major's turn to go white and mother said softly jack dear jack you never knew my mother bridgie is like her she always made peace and after that father made no more objections i think in a curious sort of way he was proud of jack because he would have his will and he is doing well he will retrieve our fortunes some day there there go the hounds they are over into the covert and see see there's that old shepherd holding up his hat the fox is off now for it now for it indeed from that time forth there was little chance of connected conversation but all his life long geoffrey hilliard looked back upon that morning with the fond yearning tenderness with which we recall the sunshine which precedes a storm it was so delightful to be mounted upon a fine horse galloping lightly across country with that beautiful figure by his side the dark eyes meeting his with a flash of understanding at every fresh incident of the run as time wore on and the ground became more difficult the other ladies dropped behind one by one but esmeralda never wearied never flinched before any obstacle it was the prettiest thing in the world to see her trot slowly but straightly towards gate or fence loosen the reins and soar like a bird over the apparently formidable obstacle and hilliard privately admitted that it took him all his time to keep level with her the major still rode apart and seemed to take pleasure in choosing the most difficult jumps that came in his way but his mare behaved well and no one felt any anxiety about the safety of one of the cleverest riders present danger was close at hand however in one of those nasty bits of water of which esmeralda had spoken to her sister the hounds doubled suddenly and the huntsmen wheeling their horses to follow saw before them at a distance of some quarter of a mile a line of those well-known willows which to the practised eye so plainly bespeak the presence of a brook esmeralda pointed towards them and spoke a few warning words a bad bit swollen i expect after the snow a fence this side there's the master taking a view he will tell us if it's safe if not we must try the meadow ride over here towards him she swerved to the side as she spoke and a moment later was within short enough distance to hear the warning cry the master pointed with his whip in the direction of the meadow of which esmeralda had spoken 
and the next moment the whole hunt was galloping after him the whole hunt we have said but there was one exception for one rider refused to take warning or to turn aside from the direct line across country the sudden change of course had left him in the rear and so it happened that his absence was not noted by his companions and it was only when several moments had passed that esmeralda looking from side to side began to draw her delicate brows into a frown as she asked tilliard where's father i can't see him he is not here i don't see him either but he was with us five minutes ago before we turned back i saw him in the last field so did i but where is he now he he can't esmeralda reined in suddenly and turned startled eyes upon her companion he can't have tried that brook no no certainly not but even as he spoke hilliard had a prevision of the truth although he would not admit as much as esmeralda there had been something in the major's bearing which had struck him unpleasantly since the moment of meeting and his reckless riding had deepened the impression you go on he said earnestly and i will ride back and see perhaps he took a look at the brook and then had to come round after all which would make him late please go on miss joan but esmeralda looked him full in the eyes and turned her horse back towards the brook i'm going back myself if there has been an accident it is i who should be there don't hinder me mr hilliard i must go to my father End of chapter 24